Welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast presents The Naked Bootleg, rolling out of the trivia pocket with no protection. This is a discussion of relevant things in the current world of sports. I am your host, Marcus, and I'm here tonight with Eric and Scott, and we are going to talk about tonight uh, the coaching carousel and uh, and more importantly, just the ongoings in the NFL. So, uh, Scott, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm really excited for this. Um, something different, a little bit of a departure from the normal trivia. So I think this will be cool and just a fun way to talk about what's going on because it's that time of year when there's a lot to uh, cover. Yeah, uh, agreed. Eric, how you doing? Good. I think this is this is a good thing for me to not to be on a recording and not piss people off because I I win, um, which helps <laughs> a little. Uh, but yeah, no, we did something similar to this with our, our fantasy football things and, and it seemed to get a, a good review. So, you know, let's have at it. All right. Um, a lot of <laughs> Scott alluded to it. A lot of things to talk about right now. We're in the midst. Uh, we just got done with the super. If you guys saw a super wild card weekend <laughs> um, <laughs> because of uh, the new playoff format. But um, I think immediately we need to talk about what happened earlier today and that's doug peterson doug peterson being fired from his job as head coach of the philadelphia eagles um i guess uh, eric we'll start with you how what, what are you thinking what are you feeling how are you uh on the firing of doug peterson i never thought he was a good coach i think he kind of maybe I don't know. I don't know how they won that Super Bowl. To this day, still don't understand how they won that Super Bowl. Really special, um, I think. Seriously, and, and that's uh, to to call, he got no credit for, it, but yet you know kept his job. Um, but Carson Wentz was just. There's got to be a reason for why he went from being you know the next coming to to nothing, and just I don't know. As a Cowboys fan, I'm 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 glad, but then not at the same time because maybe they get better. <laughs> Scott <laughs> Scott. What are your initial uh, feelings on uh, Scott or Doug Peterson being dismissed? I'm not surprised, especially after everything that went down week 17 with the benching and he's lost the trust and the confidence of the locker room and things like that. Those are usually telltale signs that a coach is on the way out. But at the same time, like it's not that often you see a coach this closely removed from a Super Bowl that just gets canned after a mediocre season. And I kind of feel bad because I feel like there are certainly a lot of things that aren't on him. Like, you know, the injuries, you can't control that. The front office's lack of building a secondary and, and things like that, that obviously he didn't have control over. But when you're an NFL coach, like you bear the brunt of that. You have to just, you know, you have to take it on the chin when the entire front office and the organization drops an L. And that, I feel like that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say this uh, for me, there has to be somebody that falls on the sword. And I think that's what Doug Peterson's doing. Um, I think it starts with the front office. I mean, uh, to go even deeper. I mean, this is a team that next year will be $74 million over the cap. Doug Peterson doesn't have anything to do with that. Doug Peterson has nothing to do with roster construction. This is, this goes up. So to me, if you're going to fire Doug Peterson, why not fire Howie Rosen too? clean it all out. I mean, this is, this Eagles organization is is going to struggle from now until whenever they pull themselves out of this hole. And I think maybe it, this might even be a smart move by Doug Peterson of just saying, hey, get me out of here because uh, th- this roster is not in a good spot. Uh, 
the owners clearly got his hands in everything, which to me does not equal a good, this is not a good, uh, a good look for a franchise. Um, it's not a, it's not a, a game plan for a successful franchise. So, um, I don't know. I think I think Doug Peterson is a scapegoat here. I think he's an he's a solid coach. I wouldn't say he's a great coach. I think he's solid, and I think he kind of did himself a favor by uh, getting ousted. Well, I mean, you look at their draft picks. I was literally just about to say Roseman's got to go. They've missed so much in the draft. How many wide receivers can you take without like Jalen Rager over like in the first? Like, are you kidding me? Sidney Jones a few years ago. I'm wearing I'm wearing a TCU Horn Frogs sweatshirt right now, and I know they shouldn't have taken Jalen Rager in the first round. Well, how do how do you take Jalen Hurts in the second round when you have when Carson Wentz is your guy? It it makes no sense. And now, with you know, we you alluded to it, Scott. So let's talk about it. The benching of Jalen Hurts in the last quarter of a game that mattered because it helped you know settle the division. That is just one of the most baffling decisions. And from what I can tell from Doug Peterson, it kind of sounds like that wasn't his call. And that's left up to discussion. I guess we can discuss it right now. This is what we're doing. But um, what the hell was going on with the benching of, of Jalen Hurts? They're, they're, it can't be Doug Peterson. That no. couldn't have been his call. No. The, the, the fact, the reason you know it wasn't his call, because after he was like, yeah, we wanted to get a look at Sudfeld. No, you didn't. <laughs> He's no, been didn't. looked at enough. Yeah. He's been looked at enough. Yeah. He, yeah. How, how many looks do you need at a guy who's been on the team for how many years? Three or four? Yeah. You don't need that look. And that to me is, is again, Doug Peterson fell on the sword for them, you know, as, and it's just, it's a gross feeling because first of all, Giants fans, you're not allowed to be mad. You won six games. Get over it. Okay, exactly. that's not the that to me that that part of it's irrelevant. Like, go yeah. win more games. Talk to us. I mean, you beat the freaking Seahawks with Colt McCoy playing quarterback. To bench a guy who you drafted in the second round because now you look at that. Uh, what are they six in the draft? Six or first seven, pick. Yeah. yeah, they're going to have a shot at one of the quote unquote top guys. Okay, so Trevor Lawrence isn't going to be there. There's now discussion of Fields and Wilson at at who's going to be next. And then you're going to have Trey Lance or I don't know if you like Kyle Trask or whoever, but they're going to have a defense, right? You, you would think two quarterbacks, they have two quarterbacks right now. I don't have it directly in front of me, but I know they haven't drafted a linebacker in like the first three rounds in like 10 to 15 years. Their linebackers are atrocious. Yeah. But first, actually, last year they took a linebacker in the third round. Oh, okay, third round. Yeah, Davion uh, Taylor. Edwards or Davion Taylor. Taylor. Oh my God! Yeah, that guy, an an absolute athlete and complete project. The guy didn't even play in high school because he was a Jehovah's Witness, and his uh, parents they he couldn't play, so he yeah, just that, practiced with the team. Like, that's, that's the thing insane. about their draft picks. Like Sidney Jones was coming off that really bad injury, and they were like, "Oh, it's fine. It, it wasn't fine." <laughs> right. And, and another thing with him, he gets, they cut him finally, you know, uh, Sidney Jones near and dear to my heart, UW. Uh, he goes to Jacksonville and he played well while he's down there. So there's something, maybe it's the whole coaching staff needs to go. I mean, Jim Schwartz, he, I've never liked him. Not, a, not as a head coach or a D coordinator. So I think 
that this just needs to be a complete wipe and a and a rebuild, in my opinion. When you when you look at the amount, just looking at the drafts, probably since two thousand, let's say since Lane Johnson, two thousand thirteen, the amount of wide receivers they have taken, it's ridiculous, and have not hit Mac Hollins. Matt Collins, Nelson Aguilar, who else? Jordan Matthews, Josh Huff. Um, oh, yeah, Josh and, Huff. Uh, J.J. Thago Whiteside. Yeah, uh, then last year that you got Ke- Kez Watkins, John yeah. Hightower, I mean, Ragor. It, it's just not – it's somebody who doesn't seem to – they're just throwing darts and hoping. And yeah, that's, right, right. And, you're, and you look at Carson Wentz and you say, yes, that guy has regressed, but look what's around him. He has nothing. And even even – when he starts to get rapport with a guy, they get hurt anyway. Like Travis Fulgham this year, like they started to get a little bit of rapport for a couple weeks. And then it's like the conditioning, it's the whole staff, like their training and conditioning must be awful as well. Cause Eagles players, their ability is like bottom five in the league. Now, now let's look at Doug Peterson's prospects. Do you see him as a guy who is going to possibly just transition into one of these open jobs? Because Again, we talked about it. This guy's only three years removed from a Super Bowl title. Or do you think he goes somewhere as a coordinator? I see him going to the Jets. Honestly, also, head coach of the Jets, I think, is going to be his landing spot. I think so, too. Um, and, you know, shout out Mike Schneider, for, who brought this up on the bench when we asked for some topics and wanted us to cover Doug Peterson potentially going to the Jets. And all the reports say that there's a relationship there with Joe Douglas. They... It, they're a team they've missed and, and head coaching candidates, obviously, but they had a, a couple years ago, they had a chance to get Matt Campbell. They brought him in for an interview. They, they've had a chance to get a couple other guys, Matt rule last year. Oh, and Matt he, rule last year was a, they, I can't believe that was didn't. a slam dunk. Yeah. It was like, yep. you know, it was like put on a platter and, and they make these ridiculous hires. I think this is a chance for them to say like, now we've got a guy in here with a winning pedigree. We're trying, they got to show that fan, but he's like, we are trying to win. So you bring in a coach that has wins, has a Super Bowl on his resume. But if you're more so than bringing in someone unknown, you don't want another Adam Gase situation if you're the Jets front office. But do they want to, like, does a coach want to go there? Like they're the most impatient team in that, like (laughs) give somebody more than a minute. So, yeah, so all of the reports, and again, these are reports, are saying that uh, Woody Johnson is not going to be involved with this coach search. It's going to be Joe Douglas. He's going to let him do it. So, I mean, I guess that's hope. You hope they do. Um, and, and then comes the question, so let's say you hire somebody like Doug Peterson. Does Doug Peterson try to salvage Sam Darnold, or do you think, without a doubt, the Jets are taking a quarterback at two? The Jets have to <laughs> – Darnold is not bad. He's not bad. I don't know why he's not. He's he's had flashes, and he's had what a, a Adam Gase, and then who before that? Like, there's no reason to give up on him yet. You spent a, what the third pick? Yeah, third Just, pick. Give him a minute. Like, come he, on. He's not bad. I'll I'll say this, and and it goes. There, there's a lot of examples when you know teams have a guy that's young and and. Doesn't, it's not like he's gone out there, like Eric said, and, and crapped the bed. But if they feel like one of these guys that do is does have more upside, because I don't know how far Sam Darnold's upside is. I don't, I don't know that his upside is, you know, Joe Montana, right? So if they feel like one of these guys has, uh, you know, a higher upside and it's a new regime coming in, like whatever, do so, it and commit to it. So who drafted him? It wasn't Douglas. Douglas exactly. came in after. Okay, yeah. So what I'm saying is – Darnold was drafted, and if, if you're saying his Mike upside, McCagnin, I think maybe, yeah, McCagnin, yeah, you're right, his, McCagnin. 
his upside's not as high as Fields or whomever. But that, then again, I mean, that's their but, decision. Like yes. we don't know. We're but, not at the, but, but at the same time, his upside was deemed to be higher than Josh Allen, than sure. Lamar Jackson, than Baker Mayfield. Yeah, no. Well, Mayfield went first. Well, so Mayfield I'm just saying. First, yeah, but I mean, pretty much everyone besides the Browns thought yeah. that Darnold's upside was higher. So I mean, so, th- that yeah. didn't just disappear, did it? No. And again, it's it's a similar sim- situation to the Eagles. Like they haven't had receivers there since Braylon Edwards left. You know what I mean? Like. It's not like they don't have a clear cut number one guy. James Crowder is a slot receiver who gets 90 catches because there's no one else. Right. Has, they, he has no time at all. They finally put somebody in front of him, drafted a, a, a couple linemen, and then and expected everything to be okay with Adam Gase. So I think the, I think the bigger question, uh, again, Joe Douglas has no loyalty to Sam Darnold. A, Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold was like one of the youngest players to get drafted that year. He's still only like 23 years old. Um. But the other thing is, this team still has a bunch of holes. To me, if you think that you can salvage Sam Darnold, why not trade down and accumulate even more picks? I mean, they have the Seahawks next two firsts for the Jamal Adams trade, and they got a second from them, or a third, excuse me. So, I don't know. It's a a very interesting situation that they're in because they, they have a lot of holes, but if you're not sold on Darnold, you have to take a quarterback. If you're not sold. If you think for a second that he's not good, you have to take a quarterback. The only way I say that you ditch Darnold is if you're absolutely 1,000. You have to be 1,000% positive on fields or, or whomever. Well, I think it's that and another team is going to offer you like a second rounder at, at minimum for Darnold. Yeah. Like you don't look at it if you're getting like a four. Daniel Jones has a job. No one's like, oh, Daniel Jones <laughs> right. has got to go. <laughs> We, we went from one crazy situation with the Eagles and transitioned it into Doug Peterson to the Jets. Let's talk about the other insane story that's happened, that's been unfolding for the past week and a half. Deshaun Watson is very, very unhappy with Houston. As he should be. As he should be. Um, so Watson is upset. Uh, it started when they traded uh, DeAndre Hopkins. He didn't get any notification nothing which again he's a player and it's you know it's not the management's obligation to let him know about things but he was mad about that and now as the franchise quarterback who signed a what 156 million dollar contract this september and you and he gives you recommendations on a coach and a gm and they ignore him and they hire the guy he they hire a guy that he didn't necessarily want and then didn't even interview Eric Bieniemy, who he suggested that they should at least take a look at. So, how do you guys feel about, I guess, the power structure of Houston? And should Deshaun Watson have a say in what's going on in their front office and in the head coach? Uh, so I, I can keep this extremely short. Who you said Darnold hasn't had weapons? Wentz hasn't had weapons. Who other than DeAndre Hopkins has Watson had? No, uh, nobody is. They have Kiki, not had a run game since he's been there. Kiki Kuti or whatever the hell. Like, honestly, that Will they, Fuller who can't stay on the field say, for a second. Games a year, seven games a year. Of Will Fuller is what you get. Not anymore. Now that he's you <laughs> right. know PED'd up. But yeah, uh, uh, give him somebody. You traded your one of the best wide receivers in probably what the last fifteen years to play the game for a running back who's coming off two injuries. And then again, injury played all year this year, and even when he was on the field, was worth and a what? second round pick and good. a second. And then you <laughs> That's know all. they needed Laramie Tunsil for a first. Like, <laughs> uh, right, 
to, to, yeah. to answer your question, Marcus, yes, he should absolutely be involved with the front office. As far as I'm concerned, he should be the front office because he seems to be smarter and more astute than anyone that runs that franchise. Like, this is the same team that had Bill O'Brien continuously run them into the ground for so long. And it just seems like they don't know what they're doing. It's the J.J. Watt effect all over again, right? Like, way to just waste one of the better players in the league at their position because you just refuse to build anything else they're like oh we got a defensive end we don't need to build the rest of this defense like that's not how it works and now it's happened on offense but we have a, an elite qb we don't need a running game we don't need receivers like it doesn't work that way and he hasn't formally asked for a trade or anything he's upset as well that they seem to the texans have seemed to not really embrace um a lot of the black lives matter movements and a lot of the other things that it's a lot of most of the other teams have done, and that seems to rub him the wrong way. He's done a lot for that community there in Houston, and he just feels like the team should, you know, match him essentially in that. And yeah, he should ask for a trade. He should leave. And I don't know how you want to transition this, but I definitely know where he should go. <laughs> any, uh, well, any, any decision the Texans make, you should honestly, you should have a meeting with JJ Watt and Deshaun Watson. That that should be it. Yep. Run everything by them. The both of them. Like, do yeah. you think the Chiefs? Do you think the Chiefs would make any personnel decision without mentioning it to Patrick Mahomes? No. Like, he's going to at least have an inkling of what's going on. It's not his say at the end of the day, but that organization's going to say, "Hey, uh, if they needed an offensive coordinator, like, hey, what do you think about this guy? Do you think he could drive in his offense?" And and let's not forget, Cal McNair uh, made the comment a few years ago that you can't let the inmates run the prison in reference to his own team. This is a guy who is not well liked by uh, other owners let alone his own his own team and now he's making the franchise player the guy that you need to win championships he's he's blatantly ignoring him now i'm not saying he's doing that like intentionally to spite specifically Deshaun Watson but yeah you need to listen to your the guy that you're paying a boatload of money to you know to on any personnel decisions, not personnel, but, but especially who's going to be leading him for the next five years, eight years, hopefully 10 years. And to not interview somebody that he didn't even ask you to hire him. He just said, talk to him. And he didn't. And then allegedly the story that came out today was that they had somebody hired already or had offered him the job or were finalizing details. And then uh, this Easterby, Jack Easterby character convinced Cal McNair to hire Casario from the Patriots. Now, whatever. I mean, I'm sure that'll come out at some point. But let's let's go transition to that. This hypothetical. What will it take to get Deshaun Watson from from Houston, and who or where would you like to see him go? Dak Prescott for Deshaun Watson, straight up. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say there it is. I don't. Do we need to say anything? I else? mean, the contract's already worked out, so then right? you wouldn't have to worry about paying yeah, right, that. Right? You, you just inherit the Watson contract. No, I mean, obviously, the report you know over the past couple of days has been that Deshaun Watson would have interest in waiving his no trade clause to go play down in Miami, and that there would potentially be interest on my. Well, obviously, there's gonna be interest on Miami side, but that they would have a package that would include Tua and a multitude of, of draft capital, which makes a lot of sense for both sides. One, they have a working relationship, i.e. the Larry McConsell trade and Kenny Stills trade. Let's not leave out Kenny Stills. He was in that as well. Uh, and also, they have a working relationship, the two teams. 
Texans are probably want to recoup some of those boneheaded trades and recoup some of those picks. So you just go get the original picks that you had. Miami, I think, would be a good place for Deshaun to thrive. I will say this, and I never thought I'd say this, with my best friend being a Dolphins fan and then being just a dumpster fire for so long. Like They've done a really nice job to rebuild that front office and rebuild that team and that coaching staff. Brian Flores seems like a real high-character guy. So it seems like the type of place where Deshaun would thrive, be included in personnel discussions, really be able to get into all the donations and the charities and things that he wants to do there in South Florida. It seems like a good match for both sides. You know, realistically, and yes, Miami would be one of the teams that has the assets to potentially strike a deal for him because not many teams are going to be in that position. But they're crazy if they give up that if they give him back that pick. It it can't be that pick. They can't give him their pick back. I mean, and maybe they give him you know their just their pick, which is seventeen, I believe. Yeah. So you know, seventeen to uh and a first next year, or they have two seconds this year as well. Yeah. It's just that, that they're secondary. I know they have Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, but they, they still need help in that secondary. Yeah, but um, I, I think that's more of a, a second round thing, right? Because at three, you're not going to – realistically, you're not going to take – well, you're certainly not going to take a safety, which is no, probably more of the no, need. But if if the dude from Oregon drops, I mean, that that's a, a, a good I way mean, to solidify that line. For sure. No, even at oh, three. Sewell. Yeah. I mean that that their their line needs help. They have they have a oh, lot yeah. of holes. They they got a lot of holes still. So to give up that pick just at three just doesn't make sense to me. Even for Watson, when you just spend a five on Tua. Oh, I mean I agree. I honest, if there were a team that they you know they don't have the assets to get them, so it's not going to happen. But a team that for whatever reason I don't know why because I hate this team that I would like to see Deshaun go to, it's the Washington Football Team. I think that would be a lot of fun. I think that'd be a good landing spot for him. You know. They got McLaurin and, you know, Gibson looked like a really nice running back this year. Um, they, you know, maybe have to try to resign Brandon Scherf. That doesn't seem like it's going to happen, but they have a really good defense, you know, behind there. So they've got some of the pieces in place. And I think that'd be a really good landing spot. I just, they don't have the assets to do it. So it's not going to happen. It's a yeah. pipe dream. Um, I, I think these are all pipe dreams because uh, we discussed this, us three earlier. Jamal Adams was traded for two firsts uh, and and some change. J- Jalen Ramsey was traded for two firsts and some change and some change. Those are defensive players, a corner and a safety, a quarterback that's in the prime. Not not even you can't even call it his prime. He He's twenty five years prime. old. Yeah. He this to me it will require an astronomical package, two included, and to me Miami are the only ones that have that kind of capital or the jets are the only kind of team that has that kind of capital to throw around. And on top of that, there's one big issue with those two teams for me. If I'm Deshaun, who has to waive his no trade clause to get out of there anyways, he's going to be in the same receiving core situation. So if this team is going to forfeit all these picks and trade him to these teams, then where's the capital to? I mean, uh, Miami makes the most sense because they still have cap room. Oh yeah. Then they you're gonna sign, have to. They, then they you're gonna have to Will sign Fuller, guys. That's what. <laughs> Will Fuller. <laughs> um, they need speed. You know, uh, sign Aaron Jones. <laughs> Trade for Watson. Sign Aaron Jones, and then patchwork the receiving core. I guess. I just, I just think you know, they. It's gonna take too much because Houston. I, I know, he, you know, Deshaun Watson does have some leverage, but Houston still does. I mean, they're going to call his bluff and say, you're either going to play or you're going to sit out. And 
if you're going to sit out, then whatever, we're going to find you excess amount of money. Um, I just think that he's going to stay, but it can't be understated that the absolute devastation that Bill O'Brien has wrought on this franchise because they are, they are, they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't because they've got a guy in the prime of his career and they've got too many holes and not any capital because of what has been done to this. Well, the, there, there would be one way to get Deshaun Watson out of there without all that capital is if Bill O'Brien was still the head coach in GM. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that, You're right. I, I You're right. The, You're... I think the other thing is too, Casario is a, is a New England guy, so he falls under that that umbrella. They have been known to make trades for players a lot rather than draft capital. It seems like you know in New England they value like guys that we've seen before. So it, it wouldn't completely surprise me if it was like two players in some picks rather than just like let's say it was Tua. Like if it was Tua and like. Xavier Howard, for example, you know, just to throw like I, I, I doubt it would be him, even though I mean he did just sign an extension, but it wouldn't surprise me if it were two players, including Tua, and then like two draft picks, just because New England, we you know they don't typically value draft picks the way that a lot of other teams do. So if Casario kind of feels that Belichick's way, bad at them, right? So, uh, but we don't know where Casario's at with that, right? So there is a chance where he could say like, you know what? I like these players. Let's try to get these and we'll get some draft picks and do it that way rather than like we only want picks. Who does Miami have other than Tua that has value? It would depend on, on Houston. I mean, who they like. They need I mean, so many I, holes. It's like Jerome Baker. and May, You know, I don't know. Like, yeah, but like Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, they're just uh, – Howard right. just extended. Jones exactly. just signed. I mean, the, yep. the guys with value aren't like aren't going anywhere. I mean, I, I Devontae Parker, he's not very good, but I – it wouldn't surprise me if Houston wanted him. Yeah, he's he's good. He just he just uh, can't stay healthy. Uh, yeah, and it, was, like, you know. and it wouldn't surprise me if Houston wanted him. And my Preston Williams is very similar to Devonte Parker. Like they're both big they're receivers. The same, they're, they're the same guy. Targets. Yeah. So you don't really need both of them for Miami if you feel that strongly about Preston Williams. He yeah, can't, but he, he can't stay healthy either. No. Trevor Hogue had a really nice uh, he did. Uh, question about. Should the NFL institute a draft lottery to discourage tanking? Now, I'll take this really quick because my answer is very simple. Um, no, because you can count on one hand the institutes of tanking that's happened in the NFL in the last however many, you know, I'll also I'll go as far as to say the last 40 years, you can count on your hand the the times that we know teams have tanked. It's a, it's a problem in the NBA for sure, and that's why they instituted the lottery. But um, I don't think it's needed in football. Uh, I just don't. I, I think it's too difficult to actually actively tank in such a physical game. Um, you, you can't. You can't. As I mean, I've played football, and it's not – you're out there to, to do what you're supposed to do and to ask 11 people on each side of the football, like, take it easy. It, it's not something you can really do. Because if you take well, it easy, you won't survive it. Exactly. You take it easy, you're getting hurt. Yeah, it's not right. It's and it's not a sport where it's ingrained in your head like that. You go fifty percent. Like it's just not. Well, you go not fifty where you can go fifty percent. You go fifty percent against somebody going hundred. Yeah, like basketball, you can cherry pick. You can you know not run up the court. Like it's easy to get away with it. Like you can do it. it it's not in the NFL. Like look what yeah. happened. Peterson judge and Jalen Hurts, and it was like oh, that's blatant. Like, it's so. You can't do it in a way where it's not outright. Like we're right, right. And and yes, they substituted a subpar quarterback into that game. 
But I guarantee you, Nate Sudfeld was like, I'm trying to, he did his best. It's not the Eagles' fault that he's bad. It's their fault that they put him in the game and in that situation. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. A lot of quarterbacks in that league, regardless of who it is, would, would have struggled to come in cold in the fourth quarter of a one-score game and go win the game. Yeah. It, that's, that's tough. So uh, it's a nice thought, but I don't think it's just – practical or needed to to institute a lottery in the end no i i don't either like i'm not a huge fan of the nba draft lottery because how often does the worst team end up with the number one pick almost never when you look at it like it almost never happens and it's like that's not fair like just do it by record like the nfl has done it like the worst team it's the best prospect it's just logistically it makes sense all right since we thank you trevor for the uh yes for the suggestion because that was fun yes uh let's go to another question and since we have a cowboys fan i feel this is a something we have to discuss eric walling asks who should be the next cowboys d coordinator and why is the wrong answer dan quinn well uh let's amend this dan quinn is the new defensive coordinator for the dallas cowboys uh i'm gonna start with scott i'll let eric uh, stew on his thoughts a little bit longer scott is Dan Quinn a good fit in Dallas? I don't see why not. I don't know that it could get much worse than it's been. And he is a guy that is has a proven track record as a strictly defensive coordinator. It's like I've said before, like I said this about Anthony Lynn when he got fired. There are guys that are just cut out to be coordinators and they're not cut out to be head coaches. There's just too much involved in being a head coach. Maybe they're not the best when it comes to motivating guys. Maybe they're not the best when it comes to game prep, whatever the case may be. Coordinator, you just go out there and you do what you know. You coach what you know and you do your thing. Dan Quinn was a very good defensive coordinator. I think he will once again be a good defensive coordinator. However, you can have the greatest defensive coordinator of all time, but if you don't have the pieces necessary to run that type of defense, it's all moot anyway. So I don't mind the hiring. I think it's fine. But the Cowboys obviously have some work to do on that defense. Um, I'll jump in because I have experienced Dan Quinn as a defensive coordinator. And uh, – what my I love the hire, I really do, because I think Dan Quinn has proven he's not a good head coach. Correct. He's not, but he's a good motivator of men, and he can get a guys in spots and put them in spots to be successful. the The hard part for me is you're going f- is personnel, and just for asking what he wants to do. Mike Nolan was a three four guy, and just asking guys to to switch and because he's going to be a four, three guy, they're going to play a ton of man and they're going to play a ton of cover three. And the Cowboys secondary is bad. So to me, this is a, how much of a leash are you going to give him? Because it's going to take time. Now, is it going to be better than Mike Nolan? Hell yeah. Cause that defense was about as bad as it gets other than Seattle for the first eight weeks. They were about as bad as you can get. So I like the higher, I think Dan Quinn is a smart guy. I just hope they give him enough time to implement what he wants to implement. All right, Eric, how are you feeling about uh, Dan Quinn? They could hire Wade Phillips. They could hire I Mike mean, Martz. I, Mike, uh, anybody. Mike Martz of defense. Hire anybody you want. I don't care who you hire. You can bring Vince Lombardi back from the dead and make him the head coach. You can do whatever until Jerry Jones is gone and done making personnel decisions. 
I, what I, there's nothing you can do with that defense. He's his entire season last year was bringing guys that used to be good. <laughs> Don Terry Poe. Oh, how'd that work out? No, Gerald McCoy. Oh, he, he, he blew out his peck or whatever, two seconds in. So that didn't work out. Sean Lee's injured. I love Sean Lee. He went to Penn state. So it was like both of my teams and he, it was awesome, but not on the field. Leighton Vander Esch looked like a beast his rookie year. Can't stay on the field. Uh, Jalen Smith, they paid him a boatload of money for 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 what? Demarcus Lawrence, he had one good year. All of a sudden, he gets a hundred million dollars. Jerry Jones is just paying these guys money and and not paying attention to his second year. Let's Byron Jones go, the best secondary guy they had, and they just let him go. It until somebody with more sense starts making decisions, I feel like Dan Quinn might work out, but we we wouldn't know because he's not going to have the pieces. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> Agreed. Yes, that's uh, it's Al Davis. It's Al Davis syndrome for the Cowboys. And I said that, you know, the Raiders are my are my second NFL team. And I said that five years ago. I was like, or I mean, excuse me, more like 10 years ago. They're not going to be good until he's gone. And like, I'm not wishing for a man to perish. And that's what it took for Al Davis to to, to give up relinquish, you know, power. And unfortunately, with his personality, we all know that that's what's going to happen for Jerry Jones. It's he's, he's too arrogant to give p- the power to anybody else. Let's get another question from John, John Southern. Thank you. He asked a, a question that I won't even repeat because gross. But uh, I'll ask the other one. Um, will we see Big Ben and Philip Rivers return as the starting QBs for their current teams? And should they even return? Uh, Eric, uh, we just finished with you. Let's start with you. Yes. For what, both. What, what, what options do they have? I mean, yeah, it, they're both not going to be picking anywhere near the top of the draft. Uh, Mason Rudolph's not anybody. Um, who does the, who does Indianapolis have? He can't Brissette. even keep his helmet on his own head. Exactly. <laughs> Jacoby Brissett's going to come in for Phillip Rivers and do what? Um, unless they make some type of trade or maybe... I don't know who who's going to be available. Jameis Winston maybe goes to Indianapolis. I don't know. But, I mean, unless somebody's there to take their job, I don't think they should come back, at least Rivers. But I, I think they'll both be back. Scott? I don't think either one of them should be back. I feel very confident that Big Ben will be back because he's going to Brett Favre this thing like he's been doing the last four or five off seasons, where he will send out some sort of tweet indicating that he might be hanging it up and then he'll come back and it's an abusive relationship really between big ben and the steelers because it's he does this to them all the time and it has forced them to neglect it's like what phil rivers was doing with the Chargers. like they're neglecting looking into the future because they don't want to hurt big ben's feelings and think that they want to replace him i think big ben will be back philip rivers i feel less confident about he did not look happy at the end of that game there everyone else sort of uh you know was shaking hands and embracing and stuff and he just kind of hopped out of there i don't i feel like he might understand it's time to go but it all comes down to what the Colts could do is sam darnold available can they make a trade for him does carson wentz still become available can they make a trade for him if carson wentz stays do they and Jalen Hurts and what they saw in the small sample size is a guy that could lead the franchise. So it really depends on what the options would be for the Colts. But I could see them striking and making a move. They, you know, 
they do have a general manager that will make moves. You know, they traded their first round pick for DeForest Buckner last year. So, like, if they see a need, they have a history of, of going out and getting guys. It's just a matter of what the market's going to look like, I think, for them. That's fair. Um, it's fair, and Scott and I have completely – I have the polar opposite views. I saw a broken Ben Roethlisberger at the end of that game. The body language I, – I saw somebody who knew that he can't hack it. He can't – he just can't. I mean, he was throwing the ball right at guys. I mean, ben, Big Ben, the Ben we remember – in his prime, the one that was shrugging off 300 pound linemen and chucking the ball 60 yards down the field. That guy's dead. He's been gone for a while. He's got a noodle for an arm now. And I think I saw somebody who is defeated. I think he, I think he's done. I, I truly believe he's done and vice versa. What you said about rivers. Yeah. Huffing and angry. And he looked like Philip rivers of 10 years ago. I see him coming back. I think it's more likely that Rivers comes back and and thinks – I mean, and because he had a productive year, but again, he just has limitations. It's the same limitation he's had his whole career. With that gross throwing motion, he can't push the ball down the field, and it's even worse now because he's old. But I think he's too stubborn. I mean, the, the guy can't pull out. You think he's going to give up after throwing for 4,000 yards? No. He's going to have two more kids and he's going to try and run it back for another year. In my opinion, I think that I think Phil rivers is coming back and I think big Ben's hanging him up rivers. If he comes back, they got to get him help. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think, it was, yeah, I, Michael I Pittman agree. looked good. It yeah. did. They seem I, to develop a rapport. But he can Par- be a one, but yeah, yeah they, they got to get another young Pascal not doing it for me. Paris Campbell is a bust. Uh, oh, yeah. He, that guy Did he can't. even see the field this exact, year? Exactly. He, he, he didn't look terrible when he was on the field for the four and a half minutes he was there. <laughs> yeah. Ran down the field exactly. a couple times and but, was like, oh. But that's the thing. In two years, he's played like eight and a half minutes total. And Rivers, his entire career, has always had what that he does not have in Indianapolis? A dominant tight end. That, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Let, let me ask you guys this then to pivot off that. Let's just say again, fantasy world, both jobs become available. Which one is more attractive for a quarterback? Pittsburgh, if they get rid of John or James Conner. Uh, if they get get rid of Randy Fickner, the offensive coordinator, he was absolutely atrocious last night. Um, the more attractive spot to me. They both have had really good defenses this year, so. I think the more attractive spot is Pittsburgh, but it's not by much. I think the gap is very close. They're very similar, but the weapons with even without oh, Juju, with Claypool, with Claypool yeah. and Deontay Johnson, you're going to be just fine when you let Juju walk. I think yeah, Juju's got to he's got they got to let him go. They're not going to resign him, they, especially they, after all that. What what is their their deal with like they don't want a running back like James Conner was like this. He's well, no, they drafted the same guy in Benny Snell. They're going to be completely fine. <laughs> and then they drafted McFarland. Like, <laughs> what, what, what's the quote from Leroy Horde? If you need, if you need, uh, if you need three, it? I'll get you three. If you need five, I'll get you three. Yeah. So that's <laughs> Benny Snell and James Conner. So, yeah, I've seriously. never seen somebody so slow hitting the hole. I was just like, <laughs> hey, he beat I, cancer. Give him a break. <laughs> so, I say we hit two more things. <laughs> Uh, one that we originally intended, and then we got one more question. I think I'd like to get to. So let's hit the our, the another big crux of this initial uh, this initial discussion that we wanted to hit um, of the coaching openings. So we got Atlanta, Jacksonville, Houston, Detroit, the Jets, 
the LA Chargers, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Who are your top two? What are your top two spots? And we're taking into account uh, front office situation, roster construction. Uh, you know whether or not the owners being an arrogant prick. Um, I'll I'll start. Uh, I think my number one spot is the Los Angeles Chargers. You you have a guy. You have a young quarterback who surpassed all expectations. I watched that guy for four years playing against UW at Oregon, and I would have never in a million years thought that this is the kind of year that that would have that guy would have come out and had. Okay, they they've just like some of the other teams we've talked about have suffered from the injury bug. Derwin James didn't play. Uh, Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa were in and out of the lineup. Austin Eckler was hurt for most of this year. You got Mike Williams. You got Keenan Allen. You got Hunter Henry. To me, all the pieces are there, and they've drafted well. To me, L.A. is number one. And number two, and this is just because of the capital, and this pains me to say it because of the owner, but I think the second most attractive uh, a job is the Jets. I think it's the Jets because of the capital that they got from Seattle on top of their own. Um, despite the years of bad drafting, I think Joe Douglas has had uh, had a good first draft. They got Mikai Becton. Um, I, I I think Denzel Mims at receiver had a when he played. Now this is uh, something we talked about a lot tonight. Injuries. The when the guy was on the field, he looked good. Um, they do have some pieces on the on the defensive side but uh fun fact the jets haven't taken a pass rusher in uh i think it's since 2004 or something like that I mean, like in, the first, in the first round and excuse Cobles, me golston one of them Oof. or yeah so both that's of them and so they're that's both 12 terrible. yeah so they haven't taken a pass rusher in the first round since then they need pass rush help they can't get near the quarterback but i think because of the capital uh i like that as the second job so for me it's Chargers and then Jets. Um, let's go with Eric. What do you? What are your two most attractive jobs? So I totally agree with the Chargers job. They draft so well. Everybody they seem to take really seems to just hit. And I was the biggest doubter of Joey Bosa coming out of school. I'm like, there's no way this guy's anything, and he just shocked me. And that dude is just a monster. Um, but. With that said, my next, it might even sound shocking, is going to be uh, the Jags. They got the first overall pick, assuming Trevor Lawrence is something, and they give him a minute to try. Um, they got Josh Allen, not you know, not the one I don't <laughs> like, but the other one. Um, they get that running back, Robinson, that they, they just came out of nowhere. He DJ looked Shark. good. DJ Chark looks good. CJ Henderson um, looked really good this year. Yeah, was it? What's the other guy? LaVisca Chenault. LaVisca Chenault Jr. looks good. I mean, it's. I think they've missed on their O line picks. Uh, Cam Robinson hasn't been great. Juwan uh, James. uh, Was it Juwan? It was Juwan Taylor. Yeah, Juwan Taylor. Yeah, from Florida. Florida. Yeah, Florida. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think they've missed on their O line. But was a guy they got early a couple years ago. Yeah, they. Yeah, but I agree. They they do have a lot of a lot of young you know, sexy pieces in place. Miles Jack, if his knee, I love Miles Jack, but he's, he's on such, he's on borrowed time. So who knows how long he'll be, but I would definitely think the Jags would be, I I would say a close third, honestly might be Atlanta because 
you got Matt Ryan, you got Julio Jones, you got <laughs> Kelvin a, Ridley. Yeah. There's a lot of pieces in place there too if they can get the right guy. Uh, Scott, what do you what do you got for your for your top two uh, desirable positions? Yeah, so I'll tell you right off the bat, it's not not the Eagles. For obvious reasons that we've They're stated. last. And it's not the Texans for obvious reasons that we've stated. And Second it's not the Detroit Lions because they don't have they, they don't have any pieces, if you think about but, it. So but at, but at the same time, let me stop you for a second. Is if the Lions could be attractive because if you went in there, you have a clean slate. You you have nothing. True. And you can Fair. put your stamp on that, that team. Type of coach and, yeah, okay. From that perspective, <laughs> yes. So I mean, I, I have to agree with you guys. One it's a toss up between Jacksonville and the chargers. I take the chargers just because they already had the QB in place. And I was very impressed by Justin Herbert this year. I was not very high on him coming out and he made just not just incredible throws, but incredible plays, just getting out of the pocket and elusiveness and just things that you would get really excited about. Uh, do I think they need to get one more receiving weapon that can stay on the field? Of course, because between Mike Williams, Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry, there's always injuries every year for all three of them. Uh, and there's, again, their defense, the Bosa, I love the pick of Kenneth Murray. I was big on Kenneth Murray coming out last year, and he had a crazy good season. I mean, his sideline to sideline speed as a middle linebacker is incredible. Uh, there's some work to be done in the secondary. I didn't understand why they got rid of Desmond King. Uh, there's some work to be done there, but I like Nasir Adderley and some of the other pieces they have back there. So they're definitely one for me. I would also agree with Eric. That Jacksonville would be number two, and Atlanta is would be an attractive spot for me if it was a situation where, again, if you can come in and have a little bit of control with Ridley in there, I think Julio's got to go, and I would try to move him if I could, if I were in control of that team, to see what I could get because Ridley looked good. Um, Age looked like he was a fine; he could step in and be a fine number two. Um, Brandon Powell played fine as a receiver for them, and they need a lot of help on the O line. They need a lot of help in the secondary besides Keanu Neal. I mean, A.J. Terrell was not a good pick when they grabbed him in the first round last year. That was a reach just based on need. Um, you've got Deion Jones. I love Deion Jones, but they need some pass rushers. I look at maybe moving Grady Jarrett if I could while he still has a little bit of value because he's starting to get a little older, um, and you just didn't see the same explosiveness from him. So I, I want to shout out the Falcons because that, that, to me that would be an interesting job. If it were me and I had to pick, I picked the Falcons like on Madden because I'd had so much fun just like doing different things with the roster. I think Atlanta needs the right coach. And to me, the right coach is somebody who's done it before and can provide stability. And cause I mean, how many, how many leads do they blow? How many one score games to me, that's a Jim Caldwell landing spot. That's somebody who's established in the league because if you try to take like a Joe Brady or, oh, no, they're not ready uh, for that. Or, or somebody young, or be enemy like an, who like hasn't, hasn't necessarily. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily like mm -hmm. that because I think this team is ready to win. You just need a couple of pieces, and you need that steady hand that's can can help them close out games that they should win. So the final question we'll tackle because it's kind of a fun one, and it's fun for me especially because. Um, you know, I think all three of us, I would say, are the draft guys. If we were to pick us out of our group, uh, Trevor Hogue again, he said, would love to hear about the future of the NFL combine. There's been conversations that it may be canceled this year, but what about after COVID should it continue as is, or should there be a change in format? Do you like the combine or is it just a waste of time? Um, 
I'm not going to even touch. I don't think we should touch the COVID stuff because who knows when that's when shit's going to be normal. But uh, I love the combine. I absolutely love it for watching dudes in spandex run and jump and do all that stuff. I love, I think it's good theater, but let's be real. We all know that that's only a quarter of it or or a third of it. I mean, you talk about, you just talked about James Robinson. James Robinson was a 230 pound FCS back that ran a four, six, five. And he, you know, he didn't get drafted. And there's a reason for that. Because the combine, the combine has turned into, you know, who looks good and can show out in shorts and a in a shirt. Um, but I love it. I, I I guess the only thing that I would change about it is it's not it's nothing tangible. It's that these decision makers take less stock into a forty time. But you can't. That's not something physical you can change. I think you should leave it. Um, but I think that maybe they should make it, uh, I don't know, somehow make it so the guys can't skip it. I want to see the top quarterbacks throw. I don't like there's, there's an obsession with them being perfect and, oh, they haven't thrown to all these guys. So we're not going to throw at the combine. So what, for what it's, it's guys running routes. They say, Hey, this guy's running a go. This guy's running a 15 yard in who cares? Get there and throw the ball. I would like to see more of an incentive for the top players to actually stay there and compete and not just do interviews. And I would like for decision makers to not freaking put so much stock into the Vernon Golsons of the world and the, and workout, warriors. Like that, just, the workout warriors. Exactly. Well, so I my, mean, yeah. DJ Metcalf kind of, that's, that's how he got really, you mean my son? Yes. <laughs> it, honestly, like if it wasn't for the combine, he would not probably, I mean, that's the thing. It works out for certain guys and it, doesn't you know Chase Claypool doesn't go in the second round last year if it wasn't for the combine. They're just Denzel Mims. Like so it's you know it's pick and choose. For me, I also enjoy the combine. I like watching it, but I'm also a draft nerd. So I can see people that aren't I, I can understand them not. But I love watching it because for me it's like I, I know sixth and seventh round prospects that a lot of people don't. So I like watching those guys, you know, like I, I love watching, you know, these DTs out of nowhere, you know, running the 40 and doing some of the drills. And what was it like? I've watched O line 40 yard dash. My wife's yeah. like, What are you watching? I'm like, This, this is this <laughs> is key. Like, exactly. And then you watch, and then you watch Makai Becton at 360 run like a 4.8 or a 4.9 or whatever yeah. he ran. And it's like, My God. Yeah. And that's it's ridiculous. Like, otherworldly. I enjoy watching it. You know, the only thing, obviously, that I don't like is, is when you see a guy get injured and it, you know, hurts his stock. But what are you gonna do? That's part of the like. That's part of the game. You can, you can't blame the combine on on something like that. I love watching a guy just blaze the forty, and it's like this was a sixth round prospect, and then he gets taken in the second round, and you know, bust out. Who's that? Who's that wide receiver from Arkansas? Matt Jones, right? The quarterback wide receiver. Yeah, he goes in the first round because of his combine. Yeah, yep. exactly. Like <laughs> honestly, it's that's fun to me. It's like if that's what you want to base your draft decision on, like hey, go for it. And, and, nope. Al Davis did it for 25 years. Oh my God, he drafted what was his name? Fabian Washington in the first round. Fabian Washington. Darius Hayward Bay. Oh, ridiculous! They, they, had, a, they had an homage to him this year with uh, Henry Ruggs. They're like, we got to do it. <laughs> we got to do it. Yeah, no. So I, I wouldn't honestly wouldn't change the combine. I, I 
like it the way that it is. If anything, I'd want more of it. <laughs> That's more. Should, more you want you want more people invited? Yeah, the more the okay. merrier. Yeah, there should I, be fans. Let like, can we all go? Like, let's go. Oh, I would I love to go. Let that. Yeah. Let's uh let's try the hey let's let's if if this is successful this spinoff let's get credentialed and let's go to the combine have yes I'm in Um, it's just us three though nobody else cares (laughs) yeah right all right Eric is there anything you would change about the NFL combine I think I just said it I I would love to go like I I think they could easily pack that stadium and I don't mean fill the entire stadium fill the upper bowl so it doesn't interfere with like the coaches or whatever but people would go people go to look how many people go to the draft. I, I agree. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I listen to quite a few draft podcasts and, and, and I think the reason they don't is because there's so many higher ups that are there and in the surrounding area. And I guess it's like guys go out to bars and stuff. Like we're talking like GMs are out at just like regular ass bars that they probably shut down for this event. And they don't want like us running up to, they don't want me running up to John Schneider and go, Hey man, your first round picks are ass, but great yeah. job in the second half of the draft. Good job, buddy. As long as you um, give them that good job part at the end, I think they'll be okay. <laughs> I think um, they should no, honestly keep keep it the way it is, I guess. But I like what you said. It just everyone should be able to should have to go instead of doing their pro days, throwing to this. You know, it's just yeah. We we all know you're going to run a four three eight when you're running on your home field with hand timers. Look it's at electronically look at, timed. Johnny Manziel looked like Brett Favre. You know, Joe Montana <laughs> at his pro day. Yeah. And that's the other thing. I don't care at your pro day when they're like, oh, so and so was 40 of 42 throwing. Of course, because he ran the routes. He's been running all, he's, he just played practice that he's been doing all year with his guys. That's why I like that. Like I said, the big complaint is, oh, they look inaccurate because they're, I'm like, how do you, it, it's a 15 yard comeback, adjust. So show up, throw the ball, unless you're hurt. And yeah, I, and, and, you know, Scott, you were joking kind of, but I agree that there should be more invites because how many guys just get completely snubbed by the combine and go on to, you know, have great careers, just expand the list, make the event bigger again, invite fans, uh, all that. I like, I like all these ideas that we've thrown out. All right. Uh, do we have anything else we want to discuss before we, uh, call this thing? The next episode we're going to look to be doing is going to be championship Sunday predictions. So in a couple weeks here or next week, actually we can record another one just to get it done for in time for that. Yeah. And uh, hopefully this will catch on with you guys. We love for you guys to submit questions. This was kind of a spur of the moment thing. And when we post these to the bench, we'd love for all of you to submit your questions and we want to hit all the topics. It's not just going to be NFL. We want, we want to hit all corners of the sports world because it's a big one. And uh, we enjoy that, hearing from you guys. Just oh, no, uh, no, no LPGA. <laughs> yeah and if and if like if if it's soccer then like it'll be someone else on here not me so if you're not a fan of me and you don't want me on here just bring up a bunch of soccer questions and you'll get another bench warmer. so basically what we're saying is submit all questions submit some topics that we can talk about and then the correct uh bench warmers will be here to uh discuss said topic you won't be exactly. getting us you won't be getting this group talking about uh you know, the LPGA tour or um, NASCAR or formula one, Eric closing thoughts. Um, we, I know we are normally answering questions and kind of being 
silly, I guess. Is that the word silly? I don't even know. Immature. Playful. <laughs> sure. Im- <laughs> Immature is a great word. For Immature. Me. Yeah. I mean, I'm nice. telling, I'm telling people to do drugs on the other one. Uh, <laughs> but no, this is uh give us a, a little bit more of a, a look into our personalities and our sports fandom instead of just answering questions all the time. So I hope everyone listening does enjoy it. Um, like, Marcus said, Scott said, any questions, anything you want to hear? I mean, we're, we're here to talk about it. Well, this has been the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast presents the Naked Bootleg, rolling out of, tri- out of the trivia pocket with no protection. And until next time, we'll roll out with no protection. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> you want me to do that again? I'm no, sorry. I no, that's good. Yeah. that's good. That's <laughs> good. That's staying. Perfect the way it was. Yeah.